the novel The Hospitalist takes readers inside the modern hospital where professional and economic forces join to undermine physicians who are trying to care for critically ill patients. This is Clinician's Roundtable, and I'm Dr. Andrew Wilner. With me today is Dr. Michael Weisberg, a good friend, writer, practicing gastroenterologist, and keen observer of the modern medical system. Dr. Weisberg, welcome to ReachMD. Andrew, thank you very much for having me. I look forward to talking to you. Mike, to get started, what prompted you to take time out of your busy day to write The Hospitalist? Andrew, I have a background as a writer. I was an English literature major in college, and I've written all my life and enjoyed creative writing. I've written short stories, poems, but I've never written a novel before. But about 20 years ago, I found myself in a medical system that no one was talking about and no one even had predicted would happen. And basically what was going on was that doctors no longer came to the hospital to take care of sick patients. Instead, we found new doctors there who we'd never met before, who knew nothing about the patient and nothing about us as the specialists, and these doctors were called the hospitalists. And over time, as I worked in this system and saw the hospitalists come and go and not know why they were coming or why they were going and who they were, I realized that the patient was the one who was suffering as well as myself and the other specialists. And again, no one talked about it. It just was a system that just came on us and was nothing that anyone seemed to want to do anything about and no one was speaking out about. Well, I'm the kind of person that if I feel that there's a wrong, if you don't talk out about it or don't give your point about it, then you're contributing to the wrong. So I felt that there had to be a way that I could do something to make people aware of what was going on and possibly affect changes in the system for the better. And since I was a writer, I decided to write The Hospitalist. And it's a story that talks about the changes in modern medicine and how the 21st century medicine became more of a business instead of an art. And it talks about the hospitalist system and how it's affected medicine. It's a book that took me 10 years to write. I rewrote it three times, and it was a labor of love. But it was also a good way for me to express my frustrations and get my frustrations out. It was almost like therapy for me at times. And I feel that it's done good it's in the community and the places that I've spoken to. I've now done 30 to 40 talks around the Dallas-Fort area. People are starting to realize that, hey, the system doesn't have to be like this, that I can operate within this system, and there are changes that can be made to make the system better. Well, the hospitalist movement is pretty entrenched now in our system. In fact, I work as a neurohospitalist. What can be done to improve the effectiveness of hospitalists? I think that you can improve the effectiveness of hospitalists, dividing it into three parts. And three parts are the beginning, middle, and end of the hospital stay. In the beginning, the admission, your internal medicine or primary care doctor, family doctor, has to be more involved in your admission. They have to be responsible for getting your medical records to the hospitalist and to the specialists involved. Very often we take care of patients in the hospital that we've never seen before, no one knows, and we don't even have their records. Having their records would be a good starting point. Also, discussions about what could happen to the patient in the hospital, what their expectations are, and even things like do not resuscitate or DNR status are discussions that should be held with a doctor that's known the patient for 30 or 40 years, their primary doctor, rather than with the hospitalist who may have known them for 10 or 20 minutes. The primary care doctor needs to communicate directly with the hospitalist on admission and not expect the emergency room doctor to do so. The way the system is set up now, the primary care doctor will send the patient to the emergency room and talk to the emergency room doctor. That doctor will then talk to the hospitalist, but the hospitalist is then completely left out of the information loop from the primary care doctor. 
Those two doctors have to communicate and have to get to know each other well. So if there's any problems that come up either with the admission or during the hospital stay, the hospitalist feels comfortable calling the primary care doctor and talking to him. In my 20 years of operating under this system, I've never once seen that happen where the hospitalist picks up the phone and says, we've got a problem now with this patient. Something's going on. What do we do? In the middle of the hospital stay, I think that the hospitalist needs to give the patient a business card that has their name and phone number. This isn't done now, and the patients don't know a lot of times the name of their hospitalist, and sometimes they leave the hospital not even knowing what the hospitalist's job was. But the patient has to be able to get in touch with the hospitalist if there's an emergency or even if there's just a question, and the patient's family has to also get in touch with the hospitalist. Finally, the hospitalist in the middle of the hospital stay need to communicate with the specialist. Very often, the hospitalist will write a admission history and physical, kind of disappear into the background, and then resurface to dictate the discharge summary. This leaves the care of the patient mainly to the specialist, and someone needs to coordinate that care to be the quarterback, to be behind that care, to make sure that everything is done the way it should be done for that patient. Finally, on discharge, the way things are set up now is the hospitalist dictates a discharge summary. I receive a copy of it maybe a few days later saying the patient's going to see me in a week. Well, I may not be here in a week. Instead, the hospitalist needs to communicate with the consulting doctors and tell them what his expectations are for the patient's follow-up, as well as talking with the primary care doctor so that the primary care doctor knows what's happened to the patient and what he needs to do for follow-up. I also think that on discharge, the hospitalist needs to make sure, or the hospitalist and possibly a caseworker in the hospital need to make sure that the medications that the patient is being sent out on are affordable to the patient. All too often, patients are sent home on medications which got them well in the hospital, but which they can't afford at home. They don't take them, then they're sick and end back in the hospital. I agree with all of those points. I think we all struggle with this working in the hospital, and I see the hospitalists struggling as well. I worked with many excellent hospitalist physicians, and I think they seem to be overburdened. You know, they have so many patients, and the patients are either just coming in or just going home, and of course they have shifts, so they're picking up new patients. I'm sure many of them wish they had the time to call physicians and find out what was really going on and get to know the patients. But their obligations to the minute probably make that very difficult for them. I agree with you 100%. I don't think it's the hospital's fault in the majority of the cases. I think it's the fault of the system. And I think the system needs to be changed. I think the hospitals would do the best job they could possibly do. And there are now training programs for hospitalists, and I think that they need to complete a training program to be a hospitalist, not just have been in internal medicine and then not like practice of internal medicine and come to the hospital. But I think they need to go through a training program. The first one was established in Denver by the University of Colorado in 2004, and they need to be standardized across the country. And people that want to be hospitalists need to go to a program that teaches them, number one, of course, how to take care of sick patients in the hospital. Number two, how to consult and who to consult and when to consult the physicians. And number three, how to talk to patients and patients' families under conditions that are oftentimes very critical and they don't have much time to do so. But I don't think it's the hospital's fault, like you said. I think they want to do a good job, but the system keeps them from doing it. You know, I think your idea of a training program uh, has a precedent. When you and I were uh, residents, there was no such thing as an emergency room board-certified physician. Any doc that wanted to uh, worked in the ER, including myself. Since that time, the emergency medicine has evolved as its own specialty with the own specific things you need to know working in the ER. And maybe hospitalist medicine uh, should follow that model. I think so. Hospitalist medicine is now the second largest subspecialty of internal medicine, 
besides just general internal medicine itself. Hospitalist medicine is the second leading subspecialty of internal medicine behind general internal medicine. We started off with 20 hospitalists in this country, and now there's over 50,000. So there's definitely a reason, a number of doctors that need to be trained properly to practice a specific field. I agree. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Andrew Wilner, and I'm speaking with Dr. Michael Weisberg about his novel, The Hospitalist, and his thoughts on improving the U.S. healthcare system. Dr. Weisberg, I read The Hospitalist, and it's a great read, and it's got a message, and I understand you're working on a new book. Can you tell us about that? I can. I finished it, as a matter of fact. I've done the first draft and actually gone through it once. The book is called The Last Colonoscopy, Searching for the Meaning to Life. The idea from the book came because I, as a gastroenterologist, put patients to sleep for procedures, endoscopies and colonoscopies, and prior to the procedure, I would ask them, are there any questions you'd like to ask me? Thinking, you know, how long's the procedure, what do you find, etc. And quite often people would say, well, what's the meaning to life? It's trying to be funny. And I thought about it initially, and I would say my thought initially was, the question is not what is the meaning to life, you're asking the wrong question. The question is, what gives meaning to your life? And if you ask that question, you can find that answer, that's what's important. But over the years, over my 32 years of practicing medicine, my 58 years alive on this earth, I kind of thought about the question more and more thought about it and listened to people and heard different opinions. And so I finally came up with what I feel is the true meaning to life. But not only does the book examine what is the meaning to life, but it also looks at other important questions. What is love? What are the importance of relationships? How do people deal with loss and how does that make differences in people's life? The randomness of life versus is there a plan behind it? Is there something that actually puts all of us together and unites all of us together? This book took me three years to write. Actually, I completely changed the entire ending, and I think that the book itself will cause people to think and then hopefully engender discussion, and I think the twist at the end will certainly get people saying, yeah, this is something that I really want to think about and talk about. Well, when do I get a chance to read it? I can send you the first draft whenever you want. <laughs> but I think what I'd like to do, and what I did with the hospitals is rewrite it. It's right now written on, what I do is write on legal pads. I'll transcribe it, type it up, and then go through it. And for the hospitalist, I used three different people to edit the book. So what I'll probably do is, and I may ask you to be one of the people to look at it before I publish it and get your opinions. Wonderful. So it would have a publication date sometime 2018? I'm hoping around the first of the year, 2018, exactly. That's what I'm shooting for. And that's going to be the title, The Last Colonoscopy, Searching for the Meaning to Life? Yes, and it has some medical background in the book. The main focus isn't medicine, but some of the people involved in it. There's five main characters, and four of them, medicine is a major part of their life, and the fifth character is the character who's undergoing the colonoscopy. Well, I can't wait, Mike. It's been great speaking with you today. Many thanks. My pleasure. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Wilner. To access this episode and others in this series and to download the ReachMD app, please visit ReachMD.com, where you can be part of the knowledge. We encourage you to leave comments and share this program with your colleagues. Thank you for listening.